So this one, I have to, I have to read in a really dramatic voice because the stakes are so low. Um, okay, okay, <laughs> you can do it. No one dared stand up to the Golden State Warriors super team. Teams tanked as head coaches had an excuse to lose, and general managers had an excuse to draft players with great magical ability but no fundamentals. Hello, and thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Writers Group Book Club. We are a group of authors actively honing our craft while encouraging each other and our audience to just keep writing. We each have a project on the go, so we take turns reading each other's newest draft and discussing them here. My name is Pat. I'm Jess. And I'm Lance. If you would like to read along, you can find some of our latest work posted on patreon.com slash WGBC podcast. If you take the time to post your feedback on our subreddit, r slash WGBC podcast, We will take the time to read it and may even feature some of our favorite comments in the show, which we will get right into after this quick sponsored message. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're an aspiring writer and you need a cup of coffee. Whether you were up late last night or need something to sip on while you're writing after this, you're going to need a hot cup of joe. Here at WGBC, when we need a cup, we always reach for polar coffee. Polar Coffee is a nano roaster in Ottawa, Ontario. The owner, Kevin, has built relationships with farmers around the world and has a great selection of ethically purchased single-source beans that he will custom roast on order for a great price. We're talking cheaper than local coffee shop for an even better product. Kev also sells bulk green beans if you're a micro-roaster yourself. Find him at the link in the episode description. Delivery available in the Ottawa area. All right, we're live. Season one, episode one, the pitch party. Hey, long time coming. I've been waiting for this for so many months, truly. Lance, did you get those pitches ready? It's going to be great. I'm ready to go. Um, so for our listeners, Lance finished his book, what, four and a half months, last year, literally. December 29th. Um, yeah. And uh, this, this entire time he's known about the pitch party and chose to do it, chose to write his pitches last night. So I think what Pat is saying is that your pitches have to be the best, Lance, honestly. They've been ruminating in my head for a long time, and I hope they live up to expectations. Oh, I'm very do, excited. Do you know what what are your what are you choosing your favorite pitches on? Did did you come up with criteria? Oh yes. Okay. So I actually sorry, I'm just gonna jump in and say that I was unloading the dishwasher today and I thought it would be hysterical. Because I think I know you guys well enough now because we've been doing the weekly writers group for like quite a while now um, that I want to pick the pitch that's going to be the most challenging for you guys to write. Because I think that when writers go outside of their comfort zone, like a la um, Stephen King and Shawshank Redemption, which is actually like a short story in in a thing. Anyway, not to ramble on, but when writers go outside of their comfort zone, I think it produces some of the most interesting results. However, I'm also probably going to know which ones you guys want to write the most. And then I'm like, oh, well, if I pick the ones you guys want to write the most, then those could also have very interesting results because you're going to be super passionate when you're writing them. So I'm I'm weighing it based on those two things. I will either pick the one you guys want to write the most or the one you want to write the least based on the pitch? I, I strictly am going based on what I want to read the most. Oh. I'm just completely selfish with this. Classic Pat. <laughs> um, okay. So we don't, we jumped in a little too far there. Let, 
since this is episode one, let's take a minute and explain what this podcast is about beyond our just quick intro. Um, here's my crack at a mission statement. I, I wrote this up last night. Uh, WGBC wants to take you through our writing process from start to finish. Uh, we'll be focusing mostly on the first draft writing. Uh, we will sprinkle in some bonus content about editing and publishing as well. Um, and today we're doing a special episode. Uh, since we've all just finished a project, or we'll finish the first draft of a project, um, Lance and I have been br- briefed, but uh, Jess, could you walk us through what we're doing today? Yes, the infamous pitch party. So this dun, idea was dun, kind of born, dun. yes, very much. Actually, you should put Flight of the Valkyries in the mm, background as I explain this. Um, but basically, this was kind of a drunken conversation I had with Pat because we've been friends for many years now. Um, one night over Christmas holiday where I was basically like, we need to start a podcast because our conversations, I think about writing are just great. And as amateur writers and, and you know, people that don't necessarily have notoriety within our respective fields, like we're just people trying to, you know, do our hobbies and have fun with it. I thought like what great content to share with people, because I think a lot of writers that are in our space now could appreciate, you know, kind of the struggles that we're dealing with. Um, and then I was like, we need to start a podcast, but like, we need to do completely new stories and how fun would it be if like we took people through the process of like pitching an idea that's just been rolling around our brains for the last 12 months, you know, in a pandemic, obviously very, very fruitful for like coming up with ideas. That was a joke. Um, I've been in a drought of ideas, but like recently I've gone through and, and looked at some of my old stuff and I was like, okay, like these could be cool stories that I'm willing to revisit. So uh, anyway, I was in this chat with Pat and basically what we are going to be doing today is each of us is going to be pitching three story ideas and we're going to do it in a sequ- sequential way. So we're going to pitch based on the title of the book, four keywords about the book that kind of describe the setting, the scene, the story. And then we are going to read you a one sentence description of the book. And then we're going to read you a traditional blurb that you would see maybe on like the dust jacket of the book. And based on those um, criteria, you're going to have uh, kind of an instant reaction when you hear the title, you hear, you know, the, the one sentence description. And we are going to allow the members of this little book club uh, to pick which book we are going to be carrying forward through this podcast. So you are literally hearing the beginning of an idea turning into a story, which is really exciting. And I don't think a lot of people get to hear. So yeah, that's kind of what we're working on doing today. And I've been excited about this for months and I just can't believe this day is here. So yeah, forgive me my extreme excitement um amazing um okay before we start though since this is a a podcast about writing books we need a little character development so we'll give uh the audience a bit a bit of information about ourselves um i'm looking for yeah something about yourself your experience as a writer uh, and and maybe also why you write Uh, i'll go first you guys can have a second to think about your answer uh, I'm Pat. I've known Lance since our first rock band in grade nine. Uh, Jess, we've known for each other for what, f- four years now. Um, anyways, instant friends. And now we talk every week on the pod. I've tried a few times before to write a book uh, and I've always gotten stuck. 
Uh, and then I found out last summer that Lance and Jess were both writing it and were in similar spots in their book. Uh, so I decided to try to catch up to them and, and give it another try. This group really kept me going and I was able to finish my first full draft about a month ago. Uh, my pen name is A.N. Aardvark. You will find me nowhere, but uh, I'm working on that. Uh, trying to get that first book out to you on, on Kindle and maybe as an audiobook. book. Um, I'll get more into that book when it's my turn to hog the ad space but uh i'm planning on doing self-publishing and and that's a process i'll be exploring kind of in the background in this season uh for for why i write i've always um found i need an artistic outlet and um i've had a few over the years uh, but i really enjoy writing it's it's really a challenge it's humbling it's satisfying it's frustrating uh it's an adventure in itself um, I'm hooked, but uh, I can honestly say I will require of this, the support of this writing group to stay on track. Um, and yeah, I wanted to share that support with uh, with people on the pod. Um, so for everyone listening, if you don't already have a group, welcome aboard. Uh, Lance, you want to take us? You want to go next? Sure. I'll, uh, my name is Lance. Um, I've uh, I've known I've known Pat for a long time, and I've known Jess since we've been doing the podcast. Uh, or since uh, we started our writing group, maybe six months or a year ago. And I'm not sure why I write, but I know how it started. I think that a lot of people think that they want to write a book and a lot of people talk about it. And of course, no one ever gets started. And so I was um, a few months into the pandemic, I was listening to a sports podcast and the podcaster said, hey, listen, all those people out there who think, who always talk about how you're going to write a book or you're going to write a screenplay or you're going to bike a marathon or something. Uh, I got bad news for you. We've had three months of doing nothing. And if you haven't done it yet, then it's probably not happening. And I was like personally offended that he called me out like that. So I went ahead and I wrote a, a short story that was about uh, maybe 150 pages long. And it's pretty terrible, uh, but I did it. And that was pretty great. And then um, a little while uh, later, I got an idea for another story and I decided to take another crack at it. Didn't get super far though. And then um, Pat was also starting his own story. So then we started working uh, in tandem and bouncing our work off each other. And then uh, I started working with Jess as well. And then I was able to finish my story in uh, nine and a half months. So I was really happy about that. And I finished that just a few months ago. And I'm looking forward to writing the next one. Jess, go ahead. What to say? Um, My name is Jess and I've known Pat for about four and a half years now. And I've known Lance for, like he said, about six months since we started the writers group and just such a gift um, to have these two people in my life, especially when I was at the point where I'd started another book that was very intimidating to me because I normally write romance and I've had very, a modicum of success with romance novels. Um, but I was doing something more outside my wheelhouse. So I decided to join this writer's group. And then lo and behold, I was able to finish my book in around 10 months. And that was a huge accomplishment for me. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful that I was able to give my art a place to grow and to have accountability to write every single week. And it was just a great experience. And so I'm really happy that we're bringing other people into it as well. Um, How did I start writing? I've always been a writer. Um, I've always kept journals. And I remember writing or rewriting the ending to stories that I 
was reading in like my fourth grade class. And I think that was the first time because every time a person reads a book and says, hey, I think I could have done this better, you become a writer. That's that's really where the process starts for you. So I think that probably happened for me all the way back then and that I've just been writing ever since. Um, last year, I published two romance novels. I am a writer for an online romance platform called Radish. And I've also recently self-published some books on um, Kindle Unlimited under the pen name Jessa Knight. So if you're interested, go ahead and check those out. But they are very cheesy Regency romance from an amateur author. So I mean, that is at your own discretion. Um, Any friends that are listening to this podcast, please do not, do not read them. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And the pitch party today, I'm excited because none of my books are romance books. They are all out, kind of outside of my wheelhouse. And so I'm looking forward to what kind of crazy alchemy we get up to here tonight. All right. So Jess gave us the rules, but just to recap, uh, we'll hear the titles, then the keywords, and then one sentence hook, and then uh, the full blurb, picking our favorites e- each time. And then um, we'll keep score on our own of which one is our favorite and at the end we'll reveal which story each writer has to our our choice of which story that uh, writer should write sounds good all right here we go so i'll go i'll go first okay. um take the pressure off uh okay so I'll, titles first so number one is prehistoric parliament let the games begin uh, two, Milkweed Monarchy, Tales of a Forgotten Kingdom. And three, The Magnificent School Bus, Remedial Science. All right, now my, my four words. Um, one, sports, prehistoric, which I'm realizing now is actually in the title. Bad choice. Uh, political origins two coming of age butterflies fantasy journey uh three horror education thriller fan fiction <laughs> sorry for laughing this is great i'm impressed that i got through that one okay um now my uh my one sentence hook for number one, reminiscent of the origins of lacrosse in North America, Parliament was once an ancient sport which consumed the lives of fierce and resourceful hunter-gatherer populations in Eurasia. Number two, The Milkweed Monarchy is the first book in a four-part young adult series chronicling the harrowing journey of Princess Mariposa as she travels with her loyal subjects to a land not visited in living memory. And last, number three, when BB is expelled from her old school and placed into Miss Crinkle's class at Jogger Elementary, she is forced to participate alongside her pacified classmates in death-defying adventures in the name of education. All right, and my blurbs. Number one, nomadic Eurasian tribes face off in a traditional game of parliament, a cutthroat sport that was played across hundreds of kilometers over multiple seasons 
and whose improvised rule set was written by the reigning champions. Death and destruction are considered a feature of the game by those athletes who are brave enough to risk everything for glory. After centuries of disappointment, for a malnourished gang of homo sapiens, our underdogs must exploit every advantage to claim victory over the match favorites. Carrion, a growth-stunted con artist, will plot his path to conquest in an attempt to tip the game scales forever in his favor. So that's, that's one. Um, two. Butterfly elders tell legends of a land of plenty and a new queen whose prophetical reign will lead the monarchs on a great migration away from their familiar homeland. As the nights darken, they bring with them mystical animals and rival dynasties, foretelling a frigid end to generations of abundance. A reluctant transition of power will leave Princess Mariposa, a molting explorer in contested control of her parents' legacy. The complacent nobility, who have known only the fruits of the season of the milkweed, will prove themselves a formidable obstacle in achieving her destiny. Princess Mariposa must rely on her instincts and the tall tales passed amongst her people to lead her subjects to an ancient paradise that was once home to her ancestors. Uh, and number three, Phoebe's parents, skeptical of Miss Crinkle's much rumored teaching methods, attend Parents' Day and are quickly won over by her eccentric teacher. Phoebe remains cautious as she is dragged aboard Crinkle's magnificent school bus each day for unusual field trips, each more terrific than the last. Harold, Phoebe's chronically ill classmate and fast friend, seems to be the only one sharing her apprehension. Together with their class mascot, Dodo, an unusual-looking, highly intelligent parrot, Phoebe and Harold attempt to involve resistant authorities who see Miss Crinkle as a folk hero rather than a deranged maniac. All right, those are my three. Oh, wow. Wow. Can I just say wow? That's great. Oh, man. This is great. I, I, ha- I do have a winner. Are we revealing are, are we gonna, them all at the end, reveal, or do you want to yeah, tell me now? Reveal, we should reveal them at the end. Okay. Okay. So, but I do have end. some thoughts for sure. Yeah, but I we have can talk of, about it more. I have a lot of thoughts for Pat yeah. as well. Um, yeah. I'll I'll say I'll say that for later. Okay, it's my turn. Okay. Uh, okay, I got to flip through my notes here. Uh, sorry for the crinkling, everyone. I am using paper. Uh, so the first pitch is called Palace Intrigue. The uh, the second pitch is called Magical NBA Championship of Cheaters. And the in the third pitch is the sequel to book to uh, the sequel to the first book. The first book is called Two Moons Book 1 Destruction. The sequel is called Two Moons Book 2 Mercy. All right, ready to go? So the keywords for book 1 are which is a palace intrigue are intrigue motivation betrayal and murder the keywords for magical nba championship of cheaters is basketball fan fiction secret cabals and magic and the keywords for two moons book two mercy are cosmic Secrets, destruction, and revival. All right, are we are we uh, ready to go? Yep, good to go. So, palace intrigue. 
The machine, the new machine built at Deepwater threatens the status quo, and small-time provincial countess Darla finds herself embroiled in plots where barons, counts, and the duchess herself vie for power in the changing landscape of the sleepy duchy. Second pitch, magical NBA. As James Harden, Chris Paul, and the Houston Rockets try to win the NBA championship, they begin to uncover that the myths of a forbidden, secret, and sinister magical ability are real and at work in the league today. Two Moons Book Two. After preventing their complete destruction by the Two Moons magical weapon and uncovering the sinister cabal that was manipulating them, the characters come together in an uneasy alliance to stop the bad guys, save the world, and uncover the final, deepest secret of the Two Moons. All right, are we ready for the uh, final pitches? Okay, I just got to flip through some pages. Flip away. Okay, here we go. So, first pitch, Palace Intrigue. The wool-producing Isbani Duchy was quiet and stable until the new hydro mill at Deepwater threatens to revolutionize their processes. Countess Darla of Deepwater gets swept into the palace politics overnight as she becomes one of the most powerful people in the realm. The lines between family, friend, and enemy blur as conflicts arise. Alliances, schemes, assassination, separatist revolts, and all-out war erupt at lightning speed. And all the while, dark news comes in from the distant east that threatens to change the duchy forever. Okay, now um, for this next pitch, I'd just like to uh, point out that every all characters and events are um, entirely fictional. <coughs> I have Even a hard if they're time. based on real people, I I, I, I won't substantiate that. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So um, I just like to say I, I have a hard time reading this one. Um, Listen, as it's purely coincidental. Like. Exactly. I, as, I yeah. hate to put my thumb on the scale, but I've already picked this one. Oh, Pat, no. I'd say that. You haven't heard them all yet. No, Hold I, on. I, I have, okay, go ahead. But in all seriousness, um, that first pitch sounds so interesting. And anyway, I know which one I'm picking also, but yeah, I, mean, I think this one's going to be guessed. a tiebreaker. You can't do that. We're not even we're not even done yet. Okay, we're not even done no. yet, but I know which one. So this one I have to I have to read in a really dramatic voice cuz the stakes are so low. Um, okay. Okay, <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> read it in a dramatic voice because this- <laughs> Okay. No one dared stand up to the Golden State Warriors super team. Teams tanked as head coaches had an excuse to lose, and general managers had an excuse to draft players with great magical ability but no fundamentals. Only the Houston Rockets stood up to fight, but even an MVP season from James Harden wasn't enough to match the Golden State juggernaut. Teammate and aging superstar Chris Paul gets more and more frustrated as he sees his championship window closing. But strange events begin happening in leagues overseas and begin to seep into the NBA, refereeing mistakes that are somehow worse than usual. Harden, Chris Paul, head coach Mike D'Antoni, and general manager Daryl Morey have to try to uncover the secret, sinister school of the floppers to save their season and the whole NBA. For God's sakes, the excellent magic ability and no fundamentals is phenomenal that um, actually has to be the soundbite 
<laughs> That's going to be the, the cold I open. I need to read it in a dramatic voice because the stakes are so low. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, honestly, Liz, it's great. Okay, sorry. All Go right, ahead. So, Your last one. Okay. Okay, well, last one. After the battle in the mountains and their last-minute rescue, the heroes uncover the secret cabal and make a plan to stop them. The mysterious monk Jordan reveals an even deeper, more powerful magic of the two moons, and that the Cabal already knows about this secret magic. Each Cabal member has a black moonstone, with each with the two, power, the two moons' power of great destruction. The heroes set out to find these three moonstones by any means necessary, a heist from the Duchess of Stossel, buying it from the greedy merchant Wallat, and defeating General Atikan Royi in battle. But one unexpected character starts getting visions under the two moons, Revealing the two moons' power, their past, and the only path to save the world. And that's it. Awesome. Yeah, I, I want to pick two. Oh well. Come on, I don't, mean, don't, two, don't, don't, more than one. Well, you I'm know what's interesting, actually, now about the pitch party is I find that I have early favorites, and it changes completely when it gets to the full blurb. I had that with Pat's too. Yeah, I, I, it's, I that, that is very interesting because it shows that having you should always read the blurb of a book. Truly. Anyway, that's actually this true. Is, I never thought about that. It's the judging the book by the cover. This thing. is the cover versus the blurb. Yeah, you're it right. literally is. Yeah, and this is why your blurb has to be fucking incredible. Airtight. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Title, story one. The March Runner. Story two, The Princess of Foxes. Story three, The Gemini Strain. Grouping of words. Story one, Time Travel, Rescue Mission, Gladiators, Latin. Story two, Renaissance, Court Intrigue, Spies, Family Dynasty. Story three, Post-Apocalypse, Clones, royalty, kidnapping. One sentence description. Story one. A scholar is recruited by a shadowy organization that has found a way to travel to the past to rescue a group of archaeologists being held for ransom in ancient Rome. Story two. A girl with an infamous family name is brought to Rome to act alongside a group of spies to crown the next pope and keep their own papal candidate from being killed. Story three. A girl from a family of cloned aristocrats is kidnapped by a group of insurgents, but soon has to choose between becoming part of the resistance and forsaking her own birthright. Book blurbs. Story one. When Molly Henderson's PhD supervisor goes missing, she does not think much of it. Dr. Jason Palmer had a habit of disappearing for weeks on end, and as the leading expert in the world on gladiatorial combat, his insights were always in high demand. When she receives a letter from one of the world's richest men and technological savant, Molly is recruited into a dangerous rescue mission. The task? Locate six archaeologists and bring them home. The location? First century Rome. Working alongside a team of soldiers, spies, and scholars from this era and the ancient past, Molly is drawn into a conspiracy that could change the course of history and the modern world as we know it, as time runs out on finding her peers alive. Story 2 Louise Borgia, the daughter of the infamous Cesare Borgia, is enjoying her idyllic life in the French countryside when she is called to Rome by her scandalous Aunt Lucrezia. 
The current pope is on his deathbed, and all the high-ranking families in Italy are choosing their next candidates for the Catholic throne. If the Borgia family want to maintain their wealth and status, they must have an ally in the papal see. Paying off a blood oath from her deceased father means Luisa must act as a spy, gathering whispered secrets from the drawing rooms and palazzos of Rome's nobility. As Lucrezia calls in favors and tutors her niece in the art of politicking, there's danger afoot. A killer is roaming the streets, murdering potential papal candidates, smearing their blood and Bible verses across stone walls. For Luisa, the only thing more difficult than keeping the Borgia candidates safe will be ensuring she herself doesn't die in the process. Story 3 Born into the glittering court of the four, Julia is a member of one of the ruling families that now presides over what remains of North America in the distant future. Everyone in these families are cloned. They have been since anyone can remember. Beautiful, regal, and untouchable, the four are the ultimate symbol of wealth, duty, and class. Despite being raised to rule, as the hundreds of clones before her have been, Julia cannot help but feel different. She does not dare speak of this. To share the secret would be high treason. When Julia's younger clone is kidnapped by a group of rebels and held for ransom, she will do whatever it takes to get her back, even if it means disobeying her own family. As the clock runs out on her sister's life, Julia begins uncovering sinister secrets hidden behind the gleaming faces of the four. Acting as a spy, Julia finds herself ingratiating further into the resistance and maybe even believing in their cause. The choice is impossible. Does she claim her right to rule or become a full-fledged rebel? Her family may never accept her back, but joining the resistance means killing off each one of your remaining clones. This is really hard. This is great. It's really hard. Yeah. Like, we're signing each other up for hundreds of hours of work. You are, we are Only sentencing hundreds? everyone here to a lot of pain and hardship for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, as you, no, but as you know, remember like literally um and listeners won't remember because you were not there but i literally had moments where i was like i hate what i'm writing truly and everyone has that moment definitely i can both i can remember vividly both of you being at that at that stage like i'm subjectively choosing what you're gonna do for the next year yeah i think that's okay i mean like Again, I mean, this is a weekly writers group. We're doing a podcast. Like, it will be fine. We have it's accountability. Gonna here. Right. It's going to be it's fine. Okay. And no matter what, like all three of the things I just pitched you, I mean, I have a favorite in mind, but those are all stories I had kind of started writing or were interested in writing and then stopped. So I'm interested to see if I can actually take these to the level I want to take them to also, you know? And I think same with Lance. Hey, eh, Lance, like you've written- Absolutely. You've written treatments um, of these stories. I have. Yeah. Or I've written or sections of, of, it, of them. Lance. I, so Lance is, I, I find tricky because I know for sure. Number three will be written at some point. Well, I really like, hope I mean, that's I hope where so. my selfishness comes in where I can be like, okay, well I'll choose two because I know three is. is oh, happening down I see. The pipe. You're but this reverse, might be the only chance. You're, you're to committing me to two, two years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's going to be more than one season, guys. This is just season one. Actually, this is really, I guess, technically season two. Oh, my for, God. It's season for two us, for season us. Two. Yeah, for yeah, everyone we'll call else. It season two. I'm going to put all... We'll pretend that season one got deleted. <laughs> <laughs> Only the core so, listeners will know. Here's what I will say. For Pat's stories and for his pitches, I feel like there's a clear winner for me. For Ooh, Lance, I have a tie. 
I also have a tie between the two. The two. Oh my god! So that means Lance is going to have to tie break, well, which we'll, is we'll, actually well, as, presuming that we have the same tie. Yeah, it could be a different tie. That is true. Okay, yeah. let, let's start. Start with me. Come on, let's do this in order. Okay. Okay. I, I so uh, I'll go, go ahead, Lance. Um, so Pat, um, the first two I had given to option number three. The uh, uh, sinister, the magic school bus, bus with magic. Yeah, right. I don't know trademarks and stuff. <laughs> the sinister yeah, bus. Story. It's WGBC. Yeah, the the Do first two. Want. It was it was yeah. I, I gave it to those for sure. But then, for the short for the the short blurb, um, for the one sentence, I gave it to option two because I like the I like. Um, you know, I really obviously can tell I have like secret cabals in all of my stories. And I like it when there's some intrigues and power struggles and stuff. Um, but then when you gave the long pitch, I I really the huge scope of 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 the sports game yes. was oh, awesome. Shit. And I thought that I too. went for that. For Lance, the long phone pitch. That one in, 100%. Guys. Yeah, that well, was my phone the, in. I thought well it, number one number three still wins. Because that was okay. your phone in. Do worse. <laughs> <laughs> the the long text for that was awesome. I was like, it's this huge game with actual stakes, and it's like drawn out over hundreds of kilometers and all these hours, and you change the rules as you go, and they're going to change the game forever somehow. Their rules. You sold me on like they're going to find a way to somehow make the rules. Their rule changes permanent. Nobody else can do that. And that's why I was like, oh, yeah, let's raise the stakes. But either way, so I'm, I'm two three, votes for book. Bus? Two books for. What did for, I say? For, Ma- mythical school bus? Mystical, no, mythical magnificent bus school bus. Okay. Um, yeah, so two votes for option three and then one each for one and two. All right. So for me personally, um, I really liked option two the butterflies even though i hate them in real life like i just thought that was a really interesting pitch and it seemed to me i don't know if i'm alone on this lance maybe you can join me um in expressing your love for del Toro quest if you know about those books the del Toro quest books oh my god i don't know okay, i guess i'm the only person in the world who knows these books but like they're these are they cool, butterfly young- fantasy novels no, they're like um okay. they're no they don't do no one. stop it. No, and that's a lame way to talk about your pitch. It's way more than that, I would say. But it's um well maybe you are more like a red wall, a butterfly red wall. Oh yeah, I I was aiming for butterfly red wall mixed with we had that conversation about how all the um Game of Thrones characters their backstories go back like three generations. Yes. Like, well, yes. every back, every butterfly backstory goes back. Like it takes them several generations to do their migration annually. Yes. So I'm like, we can shorten the story into 12 months over several generations. And I thought that would be interesting. Yeah. But you get, you get like a generation's worth of motivation of motivations. And, and then the summer ones are going to be the lazy, stupid butterflies. I love this. I already love this. So like, yeah. So I heard, loved the um keywords um and the title 
were two I really liked. And then I gave your one sentence description over to the um the proprietary school bus um tail <laughs> proprietary school bus and then um listen I, but i loved the blurb for story 1 so if i could give story 1 an extra tick i would because i thought the blurb was fantastic and just like super interesting and very very outside of like the norm of what's being written. I would love to read that each week. So if I can tip my thumb on the scale just a little bit, I will. Um, but that those are my feelings. So like technically it's up to you guys. The story. I'm, no, I'll it's not. It's role. actually up to you. Well, no, because it's it um Lance and I haven't agreed. So like you get to break the tie. We yeah, we don't have a tie yeah. between um cool. I am now I'm leaning to number one because you've talked me into it. But I think it's a cool story. I, I think I can get four easier books out of number two. One hundred percent. And I feel like they're gonna have marketability with the butterfly on the cover. I literally already drew the covers. I've seen them. Or at least yeah. one version of them. They're good. Okay. I'm okay, I'm I'm sticking number two. If if it's up to me, I'm I'm going number two. I've talked myself back out of letting you decide. Okay. No, you're you're good, Pat, because uh, there's a tie between two, there's a tie on individual marks between two and three. Yes. So milkweed two. monarchy, tales of a forgotten kingdom. I'm very like interested. Mary in Bosa. I think it's cool, and I love world building. So. Awesome. All right, Lance. Um, well, let's hear it. Well, come on. Number two is fantastic. I hard agree. Uh, I have it split down the middle between two and three because hard the, agree with me too, Pat. The last one, I'm like, oh, I need I need to know the answers for number three, but I don't know if that will necessarily translate to our listeners who haven't seen, haven't read, obviously, number one. But um, Lance wrote a a beautiful epic fantasy novel for his first one or first draft that we just did in season zero um that there are a lot of questions left anyhow it's tough to pick it's very tough to pick i will say lance listen actually i have to really say both of you guys like all three of your pitches super interesting and like i can already see them forming in my mind's eye and i thought the first one was really good however with story two like what do you again like i'm just drawn toward the most unique premise and that is like just so hugely unique i also love when um people write about characters that maybe exist in real life but in a way that is obviously like not them or like in a way that we all imagine them to be because like sports is literally how is sport not magical also? Has anyone watched Field of Dreams? Okay. Sport is magical. Like that like tracks so hard for me. I, I just think that's really cool. I love the idea of like secrets and uncovering secrets, but like in this kind of modern setting with magic, like the contrast of that, I'm very, very into it. I'm very into it. Okay. I friggin- Especially with basketball. With, I know. The, like March Madness. The whole game doesn't matter until the last few minutes. And listen, and bath- how basketball- How is that not magic? Totally. And basketball is not necessarily, I wouldn't say it's like as mythical as like baseball, for example, 
Like baseball is a friggin' it's very mythical. There's a lot of shit going on with baseball. Okay. Like basketball, I wouldn't necessarily put in that category, but there is something very special about it. Okay. Like I loved, listen, I love that show last dance. Like I'm down for this, you know? And then, and then again, the sequel to two moons. I think that sounds really cool. I want to know who gets the moon magic. I want to know about that. I want to know. Um, seeing as how we're both tied, Lance, we'll give you a chance to weigh in. Are you ready to dive back into two moons or do you need a quick break and, and do a, a magical basketball book in between? I'm ready for whatever I was. I, I, I really want to write two moons because I'm ready. I have some changes in my head to book one that are not huge, uh, that I'll have to tell both of you like out loud before I start writing, before I hand it to you so that you know what you should have read. If you know what I mean for book two to be as complete as it is in my head. Uh, And I, I've come up with what I think is just a phenomenal ending. I really think that while I'm not, um, we're all working towards, you know, I, I'm not great at dialogue or characters or setting, but my ending is pretty good. And I think that my, ending of book two is going to be even cooler and even more things coming together at once than my ending to my first book. So um, I'm pretty ready. That being said, the, the listeners might miss out a little both. bit. What's that? The, the listeners might miss out if, if you could get book one released before uh, doing book two on the pod. So the I listeners will that. be caught up. Here's my problem is that when I wrote book one, even though I had outlined it a lot beforehand, um, maybe a little too much, like I still made a ton of changes while writing, right? Then now I have to go back and change them. Mm. It's actually not that much compared to what it would be if I had not outlined as much, but I still have to go back and change. So what I'm worried is when I, while I write the second book, I'm going to find things and I'm going to be like, oh, I need to go back and foreshadow and change this one little thing in book one to make it the best possible. And it's only two books, right? It's only a two book series. Yeah. Uh, Lance, if I can just jump in quick, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I think that there is a way to write that book for our, if our listeners, let's say you posted a section or whatever. Like, I mean, people pick up book twos all the time. And like you have to That's give true. them a recap of who people are and like what's cool. And I won't I won't give away obviously like any of the plot, but like we have a bunch of characters that have kind of been drawn together by the end of Lance's book. And we'll be able to see them as a team now in this other book. So I think like having a team is totally fine. Having, having the t- like, yeah, being introduced to them as a team is fine. They still have their unique personalities. You can give some cheeky background, whatever you need to do, and it'll be okay. You know, I I don't know if I see it as so much of a problem, but yeah. 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 That being said, I have also read sections of Lance's NBA story, and I loved them, and I laughed out loud because they were there was truly some hysterical jokes in them. Um, but again, yeah, like you are in the rare position of having a tie being broken here. So really yeah, go wh- with your gut. Which one are you? Jess, you pick, pick two, I'll pick three and then we'll, we'll let Lance decide. Exactly. Can I, can I know the breakdown of points? 
story, well, MBA for me had two, and that was based on the one sentence description and the blurb. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And then the keywords and the title was for story three, or sorry, yeah, um, Two Moons, the sequel. Mine was the NBA was the blurb and the, um, I, mean, I, I kept the tally, I'm trying to remember now. It was the title and the blurb. And then the the words in the one sentence are, although it was pretty close for two minutes. For, um, Sounds good. The blurb. Um, I just don't want to, I don't want to put two moons in the trunk and never finish it. That's what I'm scared of, right? Fair enough. I, and if they're coming uh, like, out at the same time anyways, and like that's your plan. Well, at least the drafts need to be done simultaneously before yeah. you. Oh, before I ever look at any sort of publishing, I, I want to have both of the drafts done. Absolutely. Um, okay. Awesome. So you, Thanks a lot, guys. I think pick, picking two moons. I think we got to go two moons because well, I love the NBA. I love it's so funny. The thing was with the NBA one is that idea. I don't think is going anywhere because I watch okay. a lot of NBA. Yeah, and I and I have a lot of like it'll be like a like the thing is like they'll be like I'll get like a joke that's only funny to me and I'll be like, oh, this random person who like this this person who won the nineteen seventy five championship with their name is really funny with this pun that works with this this other thing that's just not funny to anyone. Except it's funny to me and it would be really it would be relevant to my book. So that's why like I have this kind of like running list of of, th- of like inside NBA jokes that are really not funny unless you care. And so that's not going anywhere. That's, that's for sure. But the two moons, I'm scared that I'll never finish it. Do it. All right. Do it. Sounds good. Um, okay. Jess. And Jess, do you know which one I picked? I, th- I have a feeling you're going to go with the clones. Oh, I actually went time traveling archeologists. Really? Yeah. Because I love, yeah, it's amazing. I, I picked it for most of them. I view three and one. Wow. I three really one. like, I watched the Borgias. And so it's rare that I know a bit of history that you guys are talking about. So I almost give you a point for that. But then you start talking about a serial killer in the background. And I thought it was a little bit too similar. Listen, you know, I love a serial <laughs> killer. I don't love them like personally, but I mean, murder, a murderous plot. I'm very down for. So I did three and one in favor of time traveling and or uh, archaeologists. Okay, wow! And I was I not like, expecting that. And I actually, it was almost like a cliffhanger finding out whether or not the archaeologists were like contemporary archaeologists who were stuck in the past, or like if there were archaeologists that existed back then that they were going back to save for some reason. Okay, some kind okay. of like cross time solidarity. Pat, just but, for uh, note-taking purposes, uh, which one was not voted for item for uh, for pitch one? Uh, I think I gave the title to um, to pitch three. Pitch three. Okay, gotcha. No, I gave the um, the four the four words to pitch three. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sounds good. The clones, but awesome. all three were phenomenal. I. I'm very impressed that those are rattling. I, I think I did hear them after a bottle of wine on Christmas. You but, did. Uh, yeah, you did hear I them. really liked all of them. I'm so sorry. Don't reveal that. 
<laughs> yeah, I thought you'd forgotten. I was like, I actually asked you, I was like, Pat, are you drunk enough to hear my pitches, my potential pitches He's for the pitch party? No. <laughs> and he said, I am actually drunk enough. And then here he is revealing on the podcast that he was actually retaining all of that information. So thank you. Oh, all is a very strong word. I yeah. would say some at the most. But uh, anyways, yeah, my, my vote is for one. Okay, thank right, you. So, the March um, Runner. The March Runner. For um, for me, I have... Actually, each of them got one vote. But book three got two votes. Oh, you're so, my friend. I, no, um, you're not my friend. You wanted to write two? Is book three... The clone one? Which one was that? Is, Book three yeah. is a clone one. Book clone. Oh my gosh. One. Oh no, no, you're not my friend. No, sorry. You didn't want to write that one? I don't know if I no, that one scares me so Each much. One had, you had you were tied going into the blurb. And so I was like, all right, let's go. Blurb, winner takes all. Oh my and god. Then, um something about the blurb. I don't remember what it was, but it was one thing that jumped out to me. Uh I oh it was secrets of uh secrets of a dark past or something like that. And yeah, I love I love secrets of the past. So as soon as you, you have me with that. But um, luckily for yeah. you, it's a tie. And even if you want to go with the individual votes, it looks like it's a four to three win for pitch one. Yeah. But we're not going with individual votes. So you get to choose between one and three. I guess like where I'm struggling is like, um, okay, I think I want to write book one. Book one. Okay, Love I think it. I want to do that one. Yeah, I'm picturing Indiana Jones mixed with um, Terra Nova. Did you guys watch that? Was that the Dino one? Yeah, where they kind of have like a bridge to that one era, and they are extracting resources from it or whatever. Oh, interesting! Interesting! Very interesting. I'm worried this is have you have any of you seen the timeline movie like the book by Michael Crichton has has anyone heard of that one it's where they send a, it's where a bunch of archaeologists go back into the past like during the English French wars that were happening hundred year war what were the hundred year war was that war. it hundred hundred years war yeah hundred years war um and like they there are problems you have to solve right where it's like how do you speak the local language? But I can solve. I you know what? It's fine. It's fine. I think I want to write book one. Um, that's all we have for today. If you want to do the homework for next week's episode, you'll be able to find some of our latest work posted on Patreon.com/slash/WGBCPodcast. We are also at WGBCP on Twitter. Thank you for listening, and remember to just keep writing. Polar Coffee is a nano roaster in Ottawa, Ontario. The owner, Kevin, has built relationships with farmers around the world and has a great selection of ethically, ethically purchased. Fuck. I'm so sorry. Oh, what, what's no the problem. story with our clean rating? F-bombs are not allowed? Oh, we can do F-bombs. You know, it's WGBC. We can do whatever we want.